the topic of concentration is a, a crucial one and a, a bit of a bugbear in our lives. Mm. This isn't just meditation. So how, how do you find a, a, a center? How do you find a kind of a, something you can, everything else can move around? You've got a, a centeredness a coherence, a still point uh, that then you can kind of organize yourself around uh, a, a steady center, steady still point. Mm. Yeah. So that need for Stability just to be able to get, keep things in perspective without a without a center um, without some something of that nature then there's so much random movement through our consciousness through the various sense consciousnesses it's very confusing um, disorienting so most we instinctively seek some kind of ground. You know, something to feel centered around in all kinds of ways you know physical territory, living space, relationships, ideologies mm, and you know exercise mm, something that gives us a sense of firmness mm. and I think we also recognize how that 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 instinct can can be so. Uh, strong that we create false centers that just grab at things and hold on to things, which is, of course, the crucial topic for liberation. You know? Because that, that, that instinct is so strong, we, something that just grabs stuff to try to make ourselves ground, gives ground on, you know, on, you name it, possessions, status, self imagery. Um, territory, you know, views, clinging, so there's clinging. Uh, and that, with that, there's a tension and a holding and a tightness. Uh, and because these are full centers, it means it, they are, if you like, a center is something that, uh, center of a circle. <clears throat> so when your center is is off or it's tight, you don't get much span. So people, when there's clinging, it means their mind is not very wide, not very expansive, not very flexible. It's a very tight little circle. There's things in it and the things we dismiss, things outside that. Your fundamentalism of views, dogmatism, prejudices are really around that, aren't they? You know, you grab onto something and things that don't fit into that particular um, realm are dismissed or trivialized or ignored altogether. Mm. So that's, that's the drawbacks, isn't it? You know, does concentration mean we just suppress and tighten up, clamp onto something, suppress everything else? Is that the way you do it? So you feel firm and steady. You know, don't do that. 
So, okay, don't concentrate. But then he just kind of, um, you know, uh, chaotic. No sense of, of aim or purpose or balance or perspectives. So meditation, one of the themes of meditation is to, is to understand concentration, to understand it, to understand it's a natural process, something that doesn't have to be tainted by clinging, by force. Unfortunately, when we think of meditation and concentration, because our, well, speaking personally, attitude towards concentration tends to be one of a kind of willful clamping on, then I associate meditation with that (laughs) process. But meditation doesn't begin with concentration. Meditation begins with a disengaging, a resting, a letting go, faith, trust in oneself, trust in one's goodness, trust in awareness, trust in the process. And it's, it's messy and disordered and wobbly and still you just keep giving it your full trust and your full acknowledgement, your full awareness so that you know, you keep spreading, you keep defining the circle, if you like, you keep spreading your awareness over, over what you're conscious of. And it's this kind of repeated repetition of that process that begins to build up a, a continuum and a center starts to form within that. That's rather abstract, I'll admit. Mm. But if we're using mindfulness of the body, for example, that you just keep spreading your awareness over the whole sense of the body. Mm. Is the anatomical, but also the the living sense, really. So the sense of the somatic sense, the full embodied sensitivity. So that's that's different from what we see with our eyes. You, know, you see these particular physical forms. You don't feel that way. You feel your body internally, how it feels. Then it's warm, it's vibrant. It doesn't have such this particular shape. It's more like um, difficult to define it. But the more you, more you just keep tuning into this sphere of bodily awareness, that's what it's experienced as. It feels more like a circle or a spherical form. It's radiant, it's um, suffusive. Awareness suffuses all of this bodily sensitivity. And it naturally is tangled and compacted and numb and tense and so forth, but you just keep using the breathing to, to suffuse the entire embodiment experience. And it begins to steady into uh, something that's got a, well, you know, it's, it's, it's circular, it's a round. Yeah. And a center starts to form within that. You know, you just look at 
our lives are routines, mornings, evenings, pujas, midday, this kind of rotation of it. You know, so you're doing the same thing, more or less the same sort of forms arising within a day. And for meditation, that, that's, a useful indica- that's a useful sign. And then you see within that certain centers start to occur. Mm-hmm. A sense of stability, a sense of regularity, a sense of here I am, you know where you are. Yeah. And on the external level, that's that's uh, still not very not very steady naturally, but when you internalize that, just spreading, just being aware of your body through the movements of the body, the stillness of the body, the breathing of the body, you get the sense of a continuum that, you know, you can cycle through it. Your awareness just spreads over that, cycles through it. As you keep spreading your awareness over that, then that itself, by bringing it into full awareness, there's this, there's a healing that occurs, um, a settling that occurs, um, an evening out that occurs between the numbs or the contracted and the weak or the over-energized. So the process is both with application in that you just keep applying attention and also without application. That it's fundamentally the quality of chitta, of awareness itself, that does the settling. You know, so if you like, it's like, either like washing your clothes, you have to put them in the water, but it's really the water that does the washing. You don't, you know, you just rub your clothes in thin air, they don't get clean. But if you put them in the water, you squish them around, somewhere you're doing something, but sometimes just even letting them soak is good enough. So similarly, awareness is rather like the water. You just keep putting stuff into that and it gradually settles and cleans things why we begin with the body is because it's a it's a finite circle I mean the mind may not be infinite but it it, it seems that way Uh, because there's so many Memories, perceptions, imaginations, possibilities, um, painful memories, disturbed psychologies, wishes, uh, longings, needs. It's it's vast um, domain. It's very difficult to really spread your awareness over the whole lot without becoming completely overwhelmed with it. So we start with the body as a, a system that can bring around the level of concentration where you feel a sense of a very palpable, steady, benevolent energy. It's not a tight thing, it's not a forced thing, it's not a held thing, it starts to to support you. This is the point of Samma Samadhi, wholesome concentration. It's not something that you do and force and hold together. It's something that comes together through mindfulness 
through bearing in mind, through continually bearing the body in mind, through full comprehension, through spreading awareness through the whole body. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, done through, it's like a dynamic process. You know, we just keep second by second, moment by moment, losing it, coming back again, you know, spreading awareness through that. Then the concentration that arises is there is a center that it begins to form, a centering experience that, that starts to occur, and that supports you. So you feel somehow grounded, stabilized. Not because you're holding the ground, but the ground is holding you. And the ground is not a rigid thing, but a living, dynamic, very personal, very specific, very intimate yeah. it's much closer than your thoughts it's much more you than your thoughts it's much nearer, more, more intrinsic than the thoughts which are conditioned and stylized and linguistically and culturally um, formed this is almost like the most primary life force that you had as a as a as a tot as a baby, even as a, as a living embryo, there's this center, a life center, and everything forms starts to form from that center. So then concentration is something that occurs rather than something we do. It's something that the center forms rather than us making it happen. And yet we're involved. Our involvement is to keep bearing presence, mindfulness, and to uh, perhaps to acknowledge within that the need to tailor what we're going to spread our awareness over a certain prudence, humility of intent. You've got to get it started. You've got to find, you've got to, you know, you can only take on so much. So this is where we have renunciation, sense restraint, silences, sitting still, these kinds of things, we put other things aside to give ourselves the optimal chance to to simplify our lives to the point where a centre becomes much more readily available for us, much more readily manifest for us. Hmm. Then, of course, the snag is that one should not, you know, institutionalise that centering as something that's innately belonging to a person or a place or a religion or, a, you know, this is, these are just things that support that. They're, they're like a scaffolding that support that. It's a natural process, the process of forming a center. It's a happy process. It's a process that's accompanied essentially by uplift, by a 
buoyant state and by a state uh, quality of ease. That maybe helps to give us uh, some tonal markers. Are you practicing in, in the light of that? How much faith is needed, how much trust is needed, how much wisdom is needed to say, well, right now, I have to put that aside. Right now, I'll focus on this. Uh, you know, it's wisdom, makes these choices. Faith, sense of, this is going to take, it takes time. It doesn't happen through me, me wanting to happen. It's a kind of surrender of the timeline. Mm. But you know, you should be you know, a sense of you know you begin to sense some kind of results. So the wisdom there is giving you some results. Results may be just the sense of releasing pressure, recognizing unnecessary st- stuff one's carrying, seeing how that can be skillfully resolved or settled. This is all good stuff. It's not irrelevant. So sometimes in our practice we spend some time just kind of, you know, thoughts coming up and you, well actually just, you just have to sort of sit with this and even think it through till you find out, oh, it's, you really get the point of it. This is, you know, my irritability or this is, um, you know, what actually is the meaning of this? And then once you've found that, Oh, right, it's just that. You know, it's just tired, or it's just, you know, edgy, or it's just, um, you know, once you can name it, once it's acknowledged, then the thoughts, in a way, contribute to awareness rather than distract from it. Because they allow you, they, they ask you to acknowledge them, not to solve them, but to acknowledge their potency their emotional content, their karmic relevance for you. And sometimes I notice in my own mind as the, you know, the thinking processes and I'm what is this? I'm trying to just stop thinking and I go into that, feel the the meanings behind that. This is it's always this is me wanting to get things done again. Get things done. What does that mean? It means get to the place where it stops and goes away. And then it will then it will be clear, won't it? And I look at I think but has that ever happened? No. There isn't, there isn't actually a place where that has ever happened by following that. Hmm. So how to leave the loose ends, the seductive, beguiling power of loose ends to keep pulling my attention in to solving them. It's like unravelling a sweater. You just pull the thread 
you know, that will get rid of it and a bit more comes on. <laughs> so I can't rationalize myself. I have to feel that, feel the the frustration or the, the repetitive, the meanness the, in that, in the fallacies of that. For myself, may not be a fallacy for you. For myself, I see that there are certain just sort of, you know, psychology, certain neurosis, if you like. I just, that's just you again. Just that one. Just, just wish him well. Wish him well. Give him, just wish him well. Tell him to just be at peace with that. Relax. Okay. Where are you in your body? How does your body feel right now? Don't lose your body. Don't lose yourself in this thought process. And then there's a shift and a sort of dropping and a sense of coming back to center. Just touching it for a moment before the mind maybe picks something up and spools out with that. And yet that process is precious just, just to sort of see that beneath this spinning wheel of um, thoughts and moods, uh, by full honesty and patience, it's not easy to be honest because often you don't know what you're being honest about. Is it the thought? Is it the motion? Is it the bodily state? Is it, you know, you just got to feel it, what needs to be really acknowledged. And then there could be a dropping just through acknowledgement, not through dismissal. A sense of relief and touching ground. Sometimes it's like that, but just to do that, to me, is, is uh, you know, great value. It all builds up. Because what one begins to sense with this is the nature of a process of acknowledgement, of sangsara, of, of acknowledging that, of honesty about that, of finding where the catch is, and perhaps of sympathy and empathy and release. And then a sense of kind of a ground. Using, using the, the body as a basic reference point so that, you know, our intention just to kind of spread awareness around the body, over the body, standing, sitting, walking, breathing in, breathing out. And that's, that's the where we keep returning to. Mm. Coming back into that. Because once you begin to get the sense of this body is not just this anat- anat- anatomical thing, which looks pretty much the same day in, day out, no matter what you do, but actually a, a living embodiment consciousness. You don't know what you haven't got. I mean, I can see I've still got both my legs, my arms, my ears, and so forth, who look in the mirror. 
It's but actually in awareness, they're not always there. You know? We don't know they're not there because you don't know them. <laughs> you don't know the bit that isn't there. So you always feel like, well, yeah, here I am. And then you realize that you're just some kind of like tight little ball somewhere in your in your belly. Or you're some kind of jangling experience somewhere above the neck. Or, or you feel the textures of it and you realize it's very tight around the throat or the chest. Or, or it seems to be like abysmal, you know. So, you, you know, so part of the process of spreading awareness is to really understand how we do bits of our bodily sense disappear or go out. And your, your, your job is to, or you, to, to, to get the whole thing here. And something you need to be honest and refer to. Is it all here? Is it all settled? And what and we use certain basic places like the spine. You know, spinal axis. And the sense of periphery, skin. So the major hindrances you know, dullness or like a, a dropping of energy, you tend to lose those two references. The spine crumples up. Skin, you feel like you're wrapped in tight cling film when you sort of shrink inside that. Over-energized, too much energy, it's difficult to, to maintain the sense of, um, of, a, of a, an axis. You're just spinning out or rising up. And sometimes you can feel very raw and overexposed. So if you've got no skin, Periphery isn't isn't clear, isn't steady, so sort of swamped. So those two two reference points. We breathe in and breathe out. We breathe from center to periphery, from center to periphery, from periphery back to center. So as you're breathing in, you may very well feel your center extend outwardly. Breathing out a sense of everything coming back into center again. So you can look at breathing in and breathing out much more in terms of spreading awareness energy through this whole field of embodiment rather than just air going up and down through your lungs and nose. Understand what your body actually is directly yours internally so when we use meditation to learn about concentration rather than concentrate in order to meditate but meditate in order to understand centering stabilizing steadiness, groundedness uh, a center that can attend to what's around it and balance what's around it. 
you also understand that this process is not uh, is a, is a living thing. It's a dynamic thing. You can't just push a button, clamp, hold, concentrate, still, steady. I don't think it works like that. Something you can do something like that. I don't think that's it. To me, it's a process of movement, of careful, caring movement, movement of awareness, movement of breathing in and breathing out, the movement of acknowledgement, release, letting go, picking up, coming back, checking in, opening up. It's a, it's a, to me it's a dynamic process not frantic but a dynamic based upon care a dynamic based upon something that's, that we have, one has inspiration for one enjoys one feels yeah this is, doing, this is good it's not a, some grim duty to be slogging away at it's the enjoyment of Creativity is the enjoyment of um, sport, if you like, of play, of something that involves you creatively. Just check it out. What's happening? Where are you? You know, how does that? How would that be better? How would that feel better? How would you? Do you need that? Are you? Are you? you know, where are you going? What's going on? Are you all here? Hmm? That kind of continual, very personal thing. Because this is a holiday, there has to be also uh, some play and enjoyment in it. When I do exercises, quite a good portion of the time, I have to work with the fact I don't want to do exercises. I don't want to jump through hoops. I don't want to just get on a treadmill and pump away for a boring half an hour doing what I'm supposed to do. even though I know it does me good, and so forth. I don't want to be done good. <laughs> I don't want some kind of super nanny on my, in my head telling me that doing this on my own good. Uh, okay, well, can you stand here for a while? Okay, yeah, I can stand. That's okay. So I just gradually move towards that. Can you then, you know, just, just bend a little bit to one side? Okay, I can do it. I feel better. Now can you twist? I can do that. Now could you... Yeah, that feels okay. So gradually move into it. Hmm? I'm doing, say, yoga routine or something like that. I don't want to do a yoga routine. What do I need to do that for? But I can lie down. And then lying down, I can kind of stretch a little bit. And I can kind of lengthen my spine. And then I can kind of, oh, that's nice, and gradually stretch up. and okay, you know. So the thing starts to occur a little bit at a time through the process of just, just you know, letting, introducing things to the body and saying, you know, try that. You want to do that? Just come along. It's like feeding a horse or a deer. You know, you're not going to take the whole thing. It'll take a little nibble, first of all, and then it gradually moves in and 
there you are, you find you've found you've done a half an hour, an hour of an exercise just by saying, we'll do this for two minutes and then, then taking it from there. Because the process is furthering, you know, so one theme in meditation and, and in everything in spiritual life, whatever you're doing, concentration, it has to be something that furthers by itself because you, you, you're enjoying it, you, you know, you get into it and it grows because it's got that quality of this is something that's very meaningful for you. Much more meaningful than the thoughts. Much more innate than that. Much more meaningful than the demands and the obligations. This is like taking food. You know, you get a bite and that tastes good, so you get to take some more. So, you know, you have to make it like that. Hmm? Which can certainly mean that sometimes, you know, from the outside, practice doesn't, you know, what's happening, you know. I find it's also useful to really lead from the body because the body is much more limited, so it, it's able to. It doesn't have much. It doesn't have the same sense of the past and the future and so forth. So in the present moment, it's, it's relatively easy to to um, change the body change the bodily sphere, like, you know, sitting you can stand up, standing you can walk, walking you can lie down, you can stretch, you can go faster or slower, you can shift your weight and balances, and those definitely have effects on the energy in the body. And it's finite, it's, it's coarse, so you can actually spread your awareness through the sensations in the body. And, you know, and it has effects. It tends to it tends to lead the mind. Because if your body begins to relax and feel more more flowing and more enjoyable, then your mind start the mind starts to settle down and uh, attend to it. So this sense of getting the body balanced and uh, enjoyable. Breathing in and out can can be like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, often walking meditation is strongly recommended practice because it's relatively coarse, uh, tangible, palpable, and you can get quite uh, you can sh- good. You can shift things quite a lot by walking. Just the sense of moving and. Uh, standing and feeling the body perhaps much more um, strongly than you do when you're breathing in and out. 
And then it's important in doing walking meditation to really um, get a sense of how the body does walk rather than do walking meditation. So rather than think, now I meditate walking, just do some walking and study it. So maybe just put aside sensory external things, just enough so you know where you're going. You can use a path, or sometimes you just just walk, you know, don't worry about the path. And feel what's happening in your body when you walk, and slow it down so you can study it. You know, so you standing, body finds balance, and then in order to walk, the weight shifts to one leg, weight goes on to one side of the body, down one leg, and then the so it goes down to your left leg, and then in your right hip, and the back, and the right waist and, and hip region, there's a pulling up. You know, the, the walking begins there, somewhere in the lower back, the buttocks, the waist, on the, on the, on the right side, and lifts your leg, and it turns. And as it turns, as the right leg turns forward, the left upper body just kind of comes back or retracts a little, it counterbalances it. You do it very slowly, you'll, you'll notice that. It has to, the left side has to counterbalance the right side. The right side counterbalances the left. So you get this very nice flow between the left and the right. As the upper body moves back, the lower body moves forward on the opposite side. So, so that walking is not just strutting legs, but actually uh, a play, a flow and a, and a, and a turning around the waist, whereby the lower body, the leg, right leg comes forward, the left upper body comes back. Yeah. Then the weight shifts onto the right leg, the left leg comes forward, the right upper body comes back. So you get this kind of turning, flexing, which is very helpful for um, a certain, you know, what is happening in the middle of the body, the abdominal region. It just gently flexes it. It also loosens the shoulders, opens the chest. So you're doing a lot more than just feet with, when you do walking meditation. You flex, the whole, whole body is flexed by the movement, by the shifting of balances. And so you're not doing it, and yet it's happening. This means it takes, takes the controlling mind out of that and a bodily process takes over. This is, a, this is like massage. There's movement, there's shifting and yet the, 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 the mind isn't doing that. And so the mind loosens, mind releases, the mind steps back and lets it happen. And it's that that's really important for concentration. So, you know, an no, no ordinary person, we might think, concentrate, bring your mind right forward and hold. But I would say, let your mind step back. Concentration is based on viveka, non-attachment, stepping back. 
and just keeping the, the mind present by acknowledging, cognitively recognizing what's going on. Uh, cognitive therapy. What actually is happening right now in your body? What's happening right now? You don't have to think that. You may have to think that, occasionally think that, but you keep that, that sense of cognition attending to the process of the body rather than some aim or will being attending to the body, just, just acknowledgement, recognition, release, letting go. appreciating, taking in the qualities of releasing, calming, easing, flowing. Mm. These build up the center. So we can do this walking, standing, breathing, 